Three, two, one. Good morning, Magic 100 listeners. Thanks for tuning in to the Reporter on the Air. We're back after uh, spring break last week. We missed. A, we had to do a best of show. Uh, what was the, what? What show did Mike use last week? Did we? What best of show? I don't know. I'm sure it was good. They're all good. They're so all it's great. very. I feel sorry matter, for them. As a matter of fact, I was talking to my son this morning, and he says, "Dad." I listen since I've been quarantined. He worked for State Farm. He says, I've been listening to some of your shows on the, rig- on the computer. And I said, well, hey, great. That's awesome. Yeah, but you know, it, it's coming in. I, I think it's just totally, I, I don't know. I, I, don't even, I don't even know where to go on this. But seeing Forsyth, Forsyth is like, I can't say that it's dead. It's just weird. Yeah. Everything is still shut down. We are here in the uh, middle of April trying to navigate the uh, something that has never happened in our nation's history. Don, in 220 years, the government has never shut down the entire country for a virus. Let me ask you a question. Yes. What would happen... Okay, uh, let's say the grits of minorities or Georgia Bobs or Georgia Bobs get drive through. But what if all of a sudden they said, to hell with you, we're going to stay open and serve people? Well, what happened? <clears throat> there comes a time where, you know, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. was a big proponent of civil disobedience. If there are unjust laws, such as laws uh, requiring segregation, then the way to bring light to those laws is to have a civil uh, disobedience to righteously... This is happening in some places, isn't it? Yes, it is. And I hope it spreads. I think people... uh, We we, we were told that two million people would die. We were told we had to lock down. We did. We're learning that the virus is not as lethal as we thought. We're learning that it mostly affects the elderly, that 99% of people... Hold on. Am I classified as elderly? You are healthy. I'm a healthy elderly. You're a healthy elderly. Um, (laughs) You know, I don't want anybody to get... I've got a new name now. Besides Bob Curmudgeon, I'm a healthy... Well, you know, you can we can be smart about it. We can say, Don, as a healthy elderly, you may want to stay a little more socially distant I, than, hey, than some I, others. I'm that way You're, anyway. That's right. This is you know, I live easy out to, in the country in the middle of the woods. It's easy peasy for some yeah. some of us but to socially if, distance. Know, we're doing this on Sunday, and hopefully by the time y'all are listening to this, somebody's going to come to their senses and say, hey, go shopping. Mm-hmm. Well, the good news is our president, uh, Donald J. Trump, is announcing uh, as we on, as we record this on Thursday, he is scheduled this afternoon to talk with the governors and announce his guidelines for reopening the country. And I think that's real leadership because oh, I agree with you. I think you know, he's been a total leader. People, um, you know, our governor has gotten some praise because he hasn't been as restrictive as some. But the point, I think we're at the point in this country where we need positive. We don't just need people saying, okay, I'm not going to totally make you stay in your homes. We need people on the other hand, not just do the negative side, but on the positive side say, it's time to go right. back to work. But, because people are terrified, Don. Well, you know why they're terrified? Simply because TMI, too much information. Yeah. Now, I hate to say that. <coughs> because we're talking about the business that you're in. But, you know, we are being flooded. 
you turn on the television, uh, you pick up a daily newspaper. And breaking I, news! Breaking news from Moline, Georgia. We just had our 573rd Corona death. Can you imagine if we did that for uh, heart attacks and cancer? Oh, yeah. we just had the 5,000th cancer death. Well, that's 10 times the amount we've had for coronavirus. Well, you know, Use of perspective. People die every day. Preach on, brother. Gosh. You know, anyway, I agree with you 100%. But, you know, I, I, I think what the president is trying to do is trying to put a positive spin. And then you've got the doofus, who's the, who is that? Cuomo, who's the... Governor of New York. Oh, it needs to be the governor of Ethiopia. (laughs) He's the one that said he needed thousands of ventilators, and then they now they're giving them away because they got so many ventilators they can't use. What just gets me though? Let's go back to what I started off this with. TMI. Give me some information. We're being overwhelmed with information. But going back to your comment, let's give some positive information. Let's say, hey, this is what we're doing. This is not what we need, but this is what we're doing to fight this. And, you know, if you go back and look at history, what was that, N1H1? Kill more people than this thing has ever done. Yeah, the problem, the virus. They learned their lesson from N1H1, where it was. That hey, we got to do something. Well, Obama was president, so it was not. Uh, Who? It, <laughs> it was in the media. The media, of course, is the major. Cheer- the media is the Democratic Party, and they are cheerleaders for it. And so they want what, to. CNN is the most terrible. I saw something funny. They said CNN's CNN's ratings are plummeting now that the nation's airports are empty because that's the only that's, place people well, watch. Yeah, I, I, I agree one hundred percent. But you know, I'm. And I am so tired. I am so. I'm gonna. I'm gonna wear my glasses out from reading so much. You know, it's. Uh, and, I, and I enjoy reading, but television has just gotten to the point that, you know, what's this? I keep it on for one simple reason: noise. Yeah, background noise. Background noise. But anyway. Well, it's uh, devastating to our. Our businesses and our business community. I think they announced today. How are y'all surviving? Barely, just hanging on. And um, I hope, like hell, you're hanging on. Nobody steps on your finger. God is. I've I've often called this the Monroe Miracle. We just uh, we manage, and and of course, advertisers are not in a a mind frame of mind to advertise because there's no customers out and about to spend money. Just reading yesterday in the Wall Street Journal. About an advertising agency out of somewhere. I don't mm-hmm. know. I think it might have been London. They are already making predictions that their business, advertising business, is going to be 75% off. Yeah. It's, and that's, it, it's, it's, it's devastating. It's the biggest. Anyway. Uh, uh, but, you we, know, the one thing. Thankfully, we our. We talked about this briefly. <clears throat> Well, how do you feel about the Internet? How, you think the Internet's doing a great job during this crisis? Well, you know, if people didn't have the Internet, they wouldn't, <laughs> they wouldn't have any entertainment. It's where it's, it's the only place people have to go because TV's becoming, like you said, it's just a business. A wasteland. So the, the Internet is uh, 
very useful way to spread information. And that we've joined, uh, I've joined this group called Reopen Georgia who on did, Facebook. Who, who did that, by the way? I don't know who started it, but every state's got one. You know, I think it really started in Michigan where that that nutty governor that reminds everyone of their first wife and wants to control everybody and says no golf and says, I mean, things that make no sense at all. Maybe. You can't buy garden well, hose. I, tell you, I want to tell you something. Right you can here. go to Walmart, but you can't buy the garden hoses or plants. Let me tell you something. If you think she's bad, Nancy Pelosi, I just, the Democratic Party exists no more. Yeah. It's called the Pelosi Party. And you know, now I've read a lot about what she's doing and what she's trying to do. And that woman's sick. You know, she is nothing but a control freak. You know, that's all she is. That's all. Well, we uh, uh, we encourage you know today is we this show airs on Sunday, and I'm going to encourage our listeners, even more than usual, to pray, pray for our country, pray for amen. our leaders. We need God's help, and um, you know the, the 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 amount of despair and um, the threat of suicide and the domestic problems and the drug and alcohol addictions that are possible because always, of the, the liquor store open today. <laughs> always, always. <laughs> You, you can't buy a garden hose, but you can get a lottery ticket. Oh, wow. Um, but anyway. So well, let's come back to the local stuff because that's what our bread and butter where were is. You, where were you? What night was it? Monday night. Mon, uh, Monday morning. Monday morning. Sunday where night. Were you on Sunday Easter night, night and, and Monday morning. Uh, my wife and I went to the basement. I got under the pool table and uh, with my police scanner and... Um, I was able to listen to the play-by-play of the rescue of Chris Burkett, which you can read about on this week's front page. An incredible story. And, you know, I'm sitting there thinking that there's the you winds howling. Lying up the pool yeah, the winds howling, the rain's beating, that Ben Jones is talking about. Where were your kids? They were there, too. They were asleep. They were down the basement. We were all in the basement, but they were asleep. They didn't wake up. But anyway, we said... Um, uh, you know, there's tornado. We know there's a tornado. There's a tornado coming to Monroe County from um, Thomaston, coming right up Highway 74. Uh, oh, gosh, and we're just sitting there panicked. And then we're here on the scanner. A man is trapped in his home on Collier Road, and the de- and the deputy says, I'm going in. And I'm sitting there going, you know, wow. that guy has guts. What, what do we, we, pay, we pay him $12, $14, $15 an hour, and he's out there putting his life on the line. What a hero! Who the deputy was, and it was Tom. Well, Thomas Haskins was the first one to find him, but he was joined by <clears throat> several other guys <clears throat> that were able to get in there and get Chris Burkett out of his uh, out of his home. He had um, Chris was uh, awakened, and this is another uh, Don. Are you on? Do you get the county's robocalls when the when there's? I was going to tell you about that at quarter till three. Yeah, I started getting. I got eight. <laughs> between that and four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and finally, I just said, you know, what, what was it said? Warning, a tornado is in your area. Seek shelter. Seek shelter, seek shelter now. So, Tull and Rose and I, I went, the, the wind wasn't blowing. It was raining. Yeah. But it was, it was it wasn't a lot too of bad. lightning and thunder. Yeah. I mean, the rain was coming down bucketfuls, what I was afraid of. So, did you go in the basement? Yeah. You did? Me and Tall and Rose went to the basement. Did you use we the stayed. handrail? Huh? You used the handrail? Oh, new handrail all the way, baby. <laughs> anyway, we went to the basement, but I didn't want to stay in the basement because if the electricity went out, then my sump pump wouldn't 
work and y'all would found us find us around <laughs> in the basement. But anyway, this this guy Chris he was a, what was he asleep or what was Yeah, he was he got the call and woke him up and said it saved his life. So credit to Monroe Counties really? for their robocall system that saved this guy's life. He got up, he got dressed, he got a Coca Cola out of the freezer, out of the cooler. I guess he has a cooler. And he sat on his porch and watched and said, you know, he likes to watch storms, which I do too. Right. I love to watch I, storms. I, I love to sit on my Well, then, then it got hairy. You know, it started to get bad and he, and he realized they were right. So he went inside and all of a sudden he hears the storm intensifying. He dives into his bathroom between his toilet and his bathtub. And the house is just twisted. It's like a big airplane hanger. Right. And it's got all of Tommy Treadwell's toys. He's got. ATVs, v- right. five vehicles, boats, right. and it takes that entire complex and just twists it up and all like it was just a like a tossed salad. And wow. he, uh, he was, was he? So, who Tommy? He, yeah, no, no. Oh, uh, Chris. He was still. He was still on the ground, and, and and he was uh, he survived. Nothing hit him. He survived in that bathroom, but there was no structure left around him. But he wow. couldn't. He was pinned. He was trapped. There was a vanity on top of him from the bathroom. And so they were in the deputies. So let's get their names out there. We talked about um, Thomas Haskins. He was joined by Caleb White, another deputy. Clay Walton, a firefighter, and Timothy Campfield. Wow. Who also had they to, all went in. They, they all went in, in and, and, and were able to help, help him get all. They had about, he said, about four feet of debris on top of them. They had to pull ceiling tiles. And, oh, my God. And, 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 and beam, eye beams. Yeah. I'm over here. I'm over here. And it's dark and lightning. Dark? Yeah. yeah. Raining. Wow. So quite a dramatic rescue, and thank God uh, he he's okay. And you know he had two dogs, Don. And did they survive? Kia, and one's a blue healer, and one's a Maltese. Which I I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what a Maltese looks like. But uh, Kia was missing. Lucy is the other dog. Lucy, they found Lucy, but they couldn't find Kia. Have they found him yet? And Chris was heartbroken. That was his best friend. He said. All right. And the next day, here came Kia, and he said that it just. Made his day, just changed. Wow. Well, you know, you know, again, I, I relate back to my FEMA days. I've seen just a lot, a lot of weird things in tornadoes. I mean, just, just, and I have to tell you, this the most interesting story in all the tornadoes. There's a little town outside of, uh, what's, what's the, outside this town in Alabama, out in a very rural area. <coughs> And they said, we need to go out to this little community, about like a community about like Blunt, <laughs> you know. And uh, so I was the PIO, and we were doing a, what they call a PDA, preliminary disaster. Not public display of affection. No. Okay. No, anyway. So uh, we went out to this little community, and it was like sitting at a crossroads. And we got out, we got out, and of course the, the EMS people were there. And uh, there was one house, there what I thought we thought was a house that nothing was showing but subflooring. And this is an honest to goodness truth. And we, I had pictures of it. On that subflooring, everything was gone. Walls, everything, clean as a whistle. Yeah. Sitting in the middle of that house was a kitchen table, four chairs, and two cups of coffee <laughs> right there. And, you know, we all, we asked, el- it was an elderly couple. They said, well, we woke up, and we were drinking coffee, and we were sitting here, 
and we heard the noise, and we went down to our basement. And when we came back up, there it was, a table, kitchen table, four chairs, and two cups of coffee. Did they finish it, the coffee? Was it still warm? No. <laughs> that, you know, it's just, you see some weird, weird things. That, well, uh, Mother Nature. Across the street, uh, Dottie McDaniel, mm-hmm. um, she's, uh, I've known her, she taught uh, my oldest son, she taught him preschool at First Baptist. She was in a in a house, rental house across the street, and she got the call. She heard about the tornado warning. All right. She took her family, her teenagers, got in the car and went to another home where they had a basement. And it's a good thing, Don, because when she returned about an hour and a half later, there was tr- huge oak trees uh, landed right on her daughter's bedroom. Wow. And that was Tracy Buff, owned as the landlord, owns the house. Right. And he said, you know, it's probably a total loss, but... Dottie, thank God. So, so it it was miraculous that nobody was killed in Monroe well, County. Did, did Monroe County? Did we lose power? Or I did at my house till the next morning. We lost power several hours, but I'm on, you know, Southern Rivers, so I don't know about the rest well, of it. Mac <coughs> Mac Brown, you know, who's chairman of Monroe County Hospital Authority, he lives out in that area, and uh, he lost power, and it came back. They they got it back on. The oh, next good. Morning. Good. Well, it's uh, you know, and one interesting thing, it went, it did uh, do a lot of damage to the training center. A lot of trees were down and everything. Yeah. And it came a hair's whisker from the infamous virus village out there with the RVs. You know, how many people in that virus? uh, Five, according to the uh, Georgia Public Safety Training Center. Chris Wigginton, the director, tells us there are now five people in the virus village. He said they did have two that left, and then two more were brought in. So they. You know, and actually, Diane Gladwell, our reporter, is heading out there. She's going to do a little story about what the uh, National Guard is doing to help in the virus. Wow. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, get, be sure to get a copy of next week's paper for that. Speaking of that, it's a good segue to Andrew. another front page story about a young teenager who's actually a, a friend of our family's, Justin Nash, who got the coronavirus done. Well, was he in the hospital? No, no, he was not hospitalized. He said he. Uh, he had they, his family went over to Lake Sinclair for the weekend, and his girlfriend from Jones County was there, and she started to get symptoms before he did, so he thinks he got it from her. And um, on Tuesday, they got back from the lake, and that Tuesday, he started to feel like a sore throat. Yeah. And then, um, and then he started to uh, uh, his his head had uh, he was sore. His neck was so sore he could, like couldn't turn his head. My hardly. neck's sore. Yeah, but you slept wrong, probably. No, I fell down. <laughs> no, that's right. That was that was two months ago, Don. You should be healed. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so but anyway, so Justin, it. Justin is. He said uh, he tested. Mama took him to the doctor. He tested positive. Uh, but by the time he got the pot, it took three days to get the test back. And he said by that time the, the fever was starting to go down, and uh, the or the body soreness was starting to go down. And then two days later. Uh, all the other symptoms started to go down. It says about five or six days total, but he's feeling great now. So uh, now he has become the designated uh, errand boy for the family because, of course, he's probably built up some immunity. Right. You'll feel pretty but sure. But you know they're scared as all get out about this immunity thing. Well, we don't know for sure. I know. I know. That's but, but history tells us, other other viruses tell us, that in general, in general there's a good chance you won't get it again. Yeah. You and believe- I think the only way out of this mess is herd immunity, in my from what right I've been now. told. Herd immunity. Oh yeah. So, and, uh, unfortunately, we have chosen in America the herd mentality rather than the herd immunity. I agree with you one hundred percent. But I we need the herd. We need the herd to build up some immunity by uh, having a small dose of this virus. So well, anyway, good for Justin Nash. We're glad he's well. And I think I think people love to read about 
uh, people like to, they're curious, they're, they're fearful, and they want to know, okay, what is this virus doing to people? And so here's a good news story that, hey, it's not too bad. Well, along the same lines on the, on the COVID-19 is you got a Monroe County, a Mary Person alumna, James Brown. Yeah, uh, Dr. Brown is uh, a on physician the... And, not, not just a physician, but he is in the pulmonary intensive care unit, which the pulmonary is your, uh, your lungs, right? And heart, hearts, lungs. heart and lungs. So he is definitely dealing with the front lines of because, you know, for people who have underlying conditions, uh, usually the lungs is where they really have trouble. They have to put them on a ventilator many times. And so uh, Dr. Brown, a married person's graduate, is uh, on the front lines of dealing with this. And his, uh, his parents still live here, Tim and Patty Brown. Still call for Scythe Home, and um, thank he you. He lives up in Philadelphia. Yeah, kudos to him. And I wonder, do you think those healthcare workers are taking that hydroxychloroquine to in order to build? You know, up that was some... a real interesting question. I was asked that this morning. Is are they taking it? Are they, are they the study group? Yeah. You know, uh, you know. I would think they'd be smart to. Yeah, I think so too. Well, let's let's. Well, anyway. Uh, we didn't. We did skip one front page story, Don. I I I let you know that one. I, I skipped it on purpose. On purpose. I skipped that totally on purpose. Uh, so what happened? And I guess you know <laughs> the Baptist Church got robbed, and the toilet paper got stolen, and the toilet paper was used. <laughs> that pretty much sums it up. That sums up the whole story. Right? I'm my, not going to go there. But my favorite, my favorite part of it is that the, is that they stole the music pastor's red man chewing tobacco. So um, no, that's not my favorite part. <laughs> no, you got to read this story. <laughs> but they did. They did collect some who evidence. Wrote, who wrote the story? Uh, me, me. They did collect some evidence at the scene. So <laughs> put, you know what? Put, put it that way. We could have fun writing a headline for that one. Oh, I know. Uh, the headline is "Church Burglar Leaves Odd Calling Card," and so you know he no, he, no, he may no. be in <laughs> he may be in deep doo doo if he gets. Called. <laughs> well, you know what? They gonna probably run. Anyway, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> And as of we are taping this show on Thursday, guess what? The Monroe County Courthouse, including Superior Court, Probate Court, will be open unless instructions are issued by the Georgia Supreme Court. However, all court hearings for April have been canceled. And trials have been canceled for April and May. They've been closed. Uh, Monroe County's Animal Services... uh, Remain open at regular hours, but closed to the public. I don't understand that one, but anyway. And the Monroe County Library is is that closed? That that bothers me. I mean, people this whole closure thing bothers people, me. People people need internet access, and they can't go to the library to get it. I mean, that's if you go to a map. George just put out a map where you can get public internet access, and they've got the Monroe County Library on there during this virus. Well, guess what? They don't realize that you can't use it. So um, it annoys me. It's just absolutely crazy. All right, let's talk about our columns because... No, let's talk about something else before we get to our columns. All right, go. This Lee Hamlin at Hamlin Hill. Yeah, yeah. How about this? He is building an attraction... For Forsyth and Monroe He County. is. He's. Uh, you got to admire the guy's creativity. He has got the world's largest barbed wire fence. He's putting up. So, do you want to know? You want to? Uh, you want Forsyth to be in the Guinness Book of World Records? Well, he's going to make it he's happen. He's it. aiming for it. Yeah. But he's getting a little bit of blowback from the city after that article appeared. So, so you, you, <laughs> they, they, they did, who was it? The county, city zoning office. 
Officer jumped on him when he started building. Well, they're thing. they're back. <coughs> they got nothing else to do, Don. They got to pester no. some. As I, say, <clears throat> as I say to you, welcome to Forsyth. <clears throat> this we, virus. We, we want your business. Well, this is going to lead right into my column. We want your business, but if you don't like the way we do business in Forsyth and Monroe County, take it somewhere Hit else. Hit the road, Jack. That's, hasn't that's, this has this virus has exposed uh, all kinds of uh, egotistical dictators. Yeah, like the it. Barney Fife's of the world are coming out to egotistical control you. Dictators, right. um, you cited in your column you had a suggestion of a club. You know, people are people are uh, socially distancing. You know, they're more. Uh, looking for some fellowship, looking for club membership, and you had a great suggestion. What was it? Idiots Club. Idiots Club. Why, why would anyone well, want you, to... Hold it. You are the charter member. <laughs> you know. So where, where is this coming from, if they didn't see last week's edition? Well, I'm sorry. That's just, if, you go, if you're going to question the county commissioners, according to the county commission chairman, you're an idiot. <laughs> you Isn't know that, that the best way of summarizing That's a good way of summarizing it. And if, uh, if you hadn't seen this week's event, the people seem to enjoy the, the have fun with that. I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, our county commission chairman um, said that anyone who questions him, if the, that he might be using his position to uh, boost his personal <laughs> business, that anybody who says that kind of thing is an idiot. So do not question authority. Well, uh, I think that's uh, You remember back in the 90s, uh, a popular bumper sticker when I was in Athens at Georgia, at the University of Georgia, was question authority. We yeah. need we need to get uh, we need to get our commission chairman no, one that says no. don't question no, authority. No, no, no. Here I've got it, Will. I've got a promotion for you for a bumper sticker. I am an idiot, <laughs> according to the chairman. That's all you gotta say. No, I am an all idiot. Right. I am an idiot. All I right. ask a question. While we're talking about our leaders and the public officials, which, by the way, uh, you know, pray for them. They do have a tough job right Ooh. now. But uh, we need their. We need them to have wisdom. We need them to have God's wisdom, not their own wisdom. We need to have them to have God's wisdom. And uh, I wrote a column this week about our governor because, you know, Monroe County has some insight on the governor that not everybody. Do you think Monroe County is going to get anything from the governor? I was shocked that we got five coronavirus trailers. Yeah, that was a big, a big get. Boom. <laughs> Yeah, that's who said? A real big who said the governor life. hasn't done something for Monroe? Okay. <laughs> I like I, that coming. I'm not. I'm not so concerned about getting anything from him. I'm concerned about his decision making, wisdom, and and uh, in this. In this you went on there. Who's pulling his strings? Yeah. Well, we know that the doomsday doctors have gotten in his ear to tell him that the, the peak hasn't happened. The peak. The peak hasn't happened. And he's talking about building a the turning the Georgia World Congress Center into a into a hospital. When I, that, I don't know of any hospital we have that's overburdened already, and we and we're already we've already flattened the curve. What's that? What's that? An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. They're trying to do yeah. that, but uh, I'm I'm afraid they've killed we're the patient. Using a Pound of cure, anyway. The the old story is you you know uh, you know people used to say you have to burn down the village to save it, and that made no sense. And that's what we're doing. We're burning down the village to save it. And so anyway, we know that the governor has trouble. You know, I uh, like I said, the president's going to announce guidelines today to reopen the economy. And the question is, what will Brian Kemp do? Because he ultimately there's a big debate between the governors and the president. Who has the authority to open this place back up? 
And, uh, and a lot of people, a lot of constitutional scholars and lawyers say the governors. And so will Brian Kemp allow us to reopen? And uh, I kind of approached it from, well, do you, do you, what did he do about the county line when he had a tough decision to make? Punted. He punted. <laughs> he, did, he did a quick kick in the shotgun formation. And so we know that the, the governor has trouble making these tough decisions because the law clearly uh, mandated the Secretary of State to make to resolve county line disputes. And when Secretary when Brian Kent was Secretary of State, he refused to do it. So now he's and got another the Secretary of State is still fine is still failing to do mm-hmm. her job, his mm-hmm. job, their job. And there's one other thing I want to address, and it's been talked about. By, y'all might have heard this before, but Don, you've probably heard people say, "If we save just one life, if we save just one life, it's worth this shutdown." Even who cares about the economy? If we can save one life, and I took let's look at that logically. Georgia had 1,500 auto fatalities right in the last year available, 2018. So we could. Uh, what we, we could conceivably, by our government, we could solve that problem. We could save fifteen hundred lives. How? We could ban auto travel. We could close the oh, highways. But do we do it? No, no, because no. because we have decided as Georgians that that is the price of being a free people is that we have more auto fatalities, and we are willing to accept some risk because life is dangerous. Life, we all die. You know, life is dangerous. You, you the, the nail on my head. You know. I'm 80 years old, you know, and it hit me pretty doggone hard the other day. I was looking at the age of my children. I can't believe I've got a daughter that's 57 years old. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. I, I got a daughter that's 57 years old. I've got a son that's 53 years old. I've got another son that's 51 years old. You're talking about a shock to yeah. your brain. yeah. You know, I can't wait till you have your first grandchild. <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, it's oh, going to hit you so hard. You know what you're going to say to yourself? How did I get this old? How did I get to be a grandpa? We're out of time, folks. Thanks for joining us on The Reporter on the Air. Be safe. Hang in there. Hey, I'm all for opening the economy, but still wash your hands and still don't sneeze on people, okay? Use common sense. Let's stay healthy and let's get this place moving again, folks. Your friends and neighbors are desperate to pay their bills, to take care of their families, and it's time for all of us to ask our public officials to do it. Thanks to Magic 100, and have a good week, everybody. Bye. You are 18.